Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I mean, come on, no one plans to get sick. And yet, here we are. My name is Matthew Zachary. I survived cancer, a stroke, and COVID-19, and I'm still here. I also survived our broken healthcare system, and I want to help you survive it too. So let's go make healthcare suck less together, because we're all out of patience. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. A quick reminder once again before we get started, if you like the show, I hope you do, and you're on Apple Podcasts, Please leave me a rating, a review. I need the validation. On the show today, Stacy Hurt, stage four colon cancer survivor, healthcare advocate, health tech influencer, and most importantly, caregiver to Emmett, her intellectually and developmentally disabled son. If you look up passionate and outspoken in the dictionary, Stacy's face will be front and center. She is the epitome of take no prisoners voice of the people raging every day for empathy in medicine, caregiver awareness and support, invisible disability awareness, patient experience, and a whole lot more. Prepare to laugh, prepare to cry. This is Stacey Hurt. A whole lot of hurt in the house, Stacy Hurt. Thanks for coming in on Patience. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Mr. Zachary. This is truly an honor. So you got a lot of shit on your LinkedIn profile that really doesn't sum you up. I'm just going to read this because I'm going to read it again. And patient consultant, really sexy, healthcare advocate. Okay, getting better. Survivorship activist. Now you're getting mad. Keynote speaker. Eh, thanks for coming <laughs> on TED Talk. Hims digital influencer. All right, I make things happen. All right, what are you? You're uh, the right kind of pissed off patient, the right kind of pissed off caregiver, the right kind of pissed off, why can't this shit be better? Explain yourself. You know, I think this is a good time where there are like no bad ideas, right? I mean, COVID turned everything on its ass in healthcare and turned everything upside down. So I think like right now, if you would be like, hey, I'm going to invent a chair that drives itself, that turns purple, that takes your blood pressure and gets you to the doctor's office, what do you think? Yeah, that's a great idea. So so that's kind of where I am. Short story on Stacy. I went into healthcare management because I liked people, but I liked the business of things and I liked people being healthy. So put all that together, but I knew I could I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. There was no way. So, you know, I started out in I think my initial foray into healthcare out of grad school was as a customer service rep at a health IT company that ended up going out of business. So maybe that was 
maybe that was a sign, like, get out. But I, yeah, I, yeah. But nevertheless, she persisted. Ah, nice. So, <laughs> yeah, so then I went into uh, physician practice management and pharmaceutical sales and all these good things. And things were, like, clicking right along, you know. And I was in my early 30s. You know, and I was thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to be running a pharmaceutical company, all those big dreams. And then we had our first son at 33. I had my second son at age 35. And yeah, I mean, he missed all of his six month milestones. And we knew something was dramatically wrong. That sent us on our first journey of getting his diagnosis to a very, very, rare chromosome disorder. And when I say rare, he's one of three in the world. Wow. And, you know, I had two master's degrees in health administration and an MBA. My husband has an MBA and there was no roadmap for this. I mean, we would say to each other, what's everybody else doing? Because, you know, we're pretty smart. And and if we couldn't figure it out, I don't know what everybody else is doing in health. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. So it's unfortunate that even though kids do come with a handbook on how to be a perfect parent, yours didn't. I don't know where that ball got dropped. You should talk to your doctor because yeah. they should have given you the here's how to do all this manual, right? Yeah. All right. So this is like a fundamental question. We do a lot of shows. I've interviewed a lot of doctors who've gotten cancer and became customers of their own system. Here you are working in the healthcare system. <laughs> I want to be the CEO of this. And boom, you're on the other end of the receiving end. Outside of the gravity of the actuality that that was, was there some kind of groundhog day or vortex event horizon of what the fuckery that now I'm over here? Yeah, I mean, I was pissed. You know, I was tracking this way. And I mean, it's it's a kind of a combination of like, I'm angry. But, you know, I, I was brought up Catholic and I'm still I consider myself a person of faith. So my first thought was, what did I do wrong in my life? that my child would have to suffer. Like you could do anything to me and I don't care, you know, but what did I do wrong? Where, who did I piss off that my child can't walk, talk or do anything for himself? And that's, that has kind of faded over time, but you know, he's 15 and I still try to figure that out. Like, but it's not so much why me, it's why my son. And I still to this day get emotional about it too. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, and, um, but then, you know, over time I've learned to realize, you know, and then you turn that around to why not me. And I think about that. I wouldn't want Emmett with anybody else than Drew and, and me, because we're so blessed to have the knowledge, the financial resources to take care of him and give him the best life that he can have. And there's no way he would be doing what he is now, you know, without what, you know, we have in place for him. And I'm so proud of that. And today's National Caregivers Day. And, you know, it's just I'm just really, you know, honored to be talking to you today about this because uh, it, it defines who I am. I think it does speak to the karma of the universe that we are recording this on National Caregivers Day. I always question why we need these days. Like, do we not know caregiving <laughs> exists? Do we not right. know cancer exists? Do we not know rare disease exists? But right. to the extent that it is a thing, maybe there's no Hallmark card that makes this any better for you or anyone else. 
What do you signify its purpose being? Is it a unifier? Are there messages around this? Are there things that, you know, again, no one says, I can't wait to be a caregiver one day. What does it mean to you having a day? Yeah, great question. And, you know, we always talk about it. And, you know, you as a survivor get this too, Matt, that, you know, what's the point of awareness? Like we're aware, just what you said, we are freaking aware. Thank you. Um, But I think that it lends a degree of empathy. I, I don't think that we knew how much empathy we were lacking in the world until COVID hit. And everybody, you know, I especially got to be like, welcome to my world, peeps. I've been here, you know, all along. Uh, But I I do think that these types of days give pause to people who haven't been in that situation, have been have never experienced any degree of vulnerability or any degree of weakness or any degree of having to think outside of themselves for, you know, an acute situation. And it puts the shoe on the other foot and says, you know, gee, wow, National Caregivers Day. Let me think about somebody I know who's a caregiver. And I mean, what are they going through on a daily basis? What do they need? What, you know, and tomorrow everybody will forget about us and that's fine. But, but just for one day, you know, we get others to, to think about us and, and our journey. And you know what, that's, that's pretty affirming. That's pretty empowering. I appreciate it. I think it's really important when people, I hate the fucking lemonade lemon shit, but the idea that you can take purpose from pain, again, that's like a fucking cat poster, but what (laughs) you've chosen to do with the challenges, you know, I'll put that in air quotes, that you are going through, you are enduring this with your husband and your family, you are getting through, you are living the life you can and you are doing what you can, not maybe what needs to get done or what has to get done, but you're making the choices that you can, you have become a fairly elevated voice, which puts a level of responsibility on you because people are listening to you. People are looking to you. You have a phenomenal blog, stacyhurt.net. We'll put a link in the episode description. And you've been writing and you have people following you. How do you manage the authenticity of what you say versus how people may perceive hearing or reading what you're putting out to the universe? Yeah. um, There are so many days that I just say, I just really want to crawl in my hole. Like, I don't want to do any of this, you know, and I'm sure Matt, you go through that too, you know, where, um, as much good as you're putting out in the world, you read, you, you know, I get haters, you know, do you get haters? Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't do anything. <laughs> you no, do I'm totally everything. kidding. <laughs> I think I've muzzled my haters. Well, I mean, I, I get that, but you know, inevitably you see something from the haters and you're just like, you know what? I, I'm done with all this, you know, I'm crawling back into a hole. And especially, yeah, I mean, my, my life's tough. I mean, I'm lifting 90 pounds about 16 times a day, you know, from the floor and it's not easy. And, uh, I'm feeding and I'm medicating and I'm toileting and I'm changing diapers of a 15 year old. And then I either read a hater or I see something and I'm like, I'm not making a a shred of difference. Nobody cares, you know, about what I'm saying. Nobody cares. But then right when I'm at that edge of nobody cares, 
I will get an email from somebody that says, because of, and here I go, I'm crying again. Because of you, I went and got a colonoscopy. Because of you, I was ignoring X and X problem and I went to the doctor and, and I got it checked out. And I thought, you know, if Stacy can go through what she's going through in her life, I can go, you know, talk to the doctor. I can go do this. And I just get that one email and I'm like, all right, I got to keep going. I got to keep going because it's just one person. If you can get, you know, and they say that again, it's that trite of, like you said, the lemon, lemonade out of lemons. But if you, seriously, if one person is listening and if one person is, their life is saved or changed in a good way because of you, it makes it all worth it. And and I'll tell you, only in the past year, little known fact, you're getting an exclusive, but really only in the past year, two years, have I felt comfortable in my own skin. And everybody thinks like, oh, yeah, Stacy, you know, she's out there. I question myself every day, you know, if I'm do if I'm where I'm supposed to be or saying what I'm supposed to be saying. But I don't know, maybe it was turning 50. I don't know. But uh I'm I'm out there, man. I'm just going to keep squawking. I'm just going to keep going. No, and I like it. I mean, <laughs> you you just alluded to the other elephant in your life, and that's in the spirit of, and the hits just keep on coming for Stacey Hurt. <laughs> that whole colon cancer thing, which clearly oh, we yeah, should that. probably talk about, because as if you needed another fucking thing, another right. fucking thing happened. Yeah, the fucking thing did happen, and and again, this goes back to Stacey being pissed because I was like, you know, I mean. You, you know, you have your friends and, and, you know, like they get their aha moment in their life, you know, and you're like, oh, you had your, your big thing, your aha moment. So I was like, okay, Emmett, that's, you know, my big thing. I'm done. You know, knock me off the list, you know, and then just, you know, it, it's like the old VH1 behind the music, you know, the band was doing great. They were cranking out the hits. Then tragedy struck. Ah, See, this, uh, yeah, go to black and white. The black and white <laughs> video starts. Right. Yeah. Then you go to commercial and it's like, when we return, the road back, you know? So that's that really defines my whole life because I had this really nice job working from home for a small pharmaceutical company. I was VP of training and development. I really loved that job. I was working for great bosses. I was traveling once a month. Everything was cool. So this is 2014. And... um you know, I started getting these odd symptoms. I'm, I'm pooping blood. I'm, I'm getting bloating, fatigue, like really bad abdominal pain and all this. And, but I'm in, you gotta know about me. I take really good care of myself. You know, I eat healthy. I'm a lifelong athlete, non-smoker, ideal weight and everything. So all these things are happening to me. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably just like hemorrhoids or something annoying and, and whatever. But then it just got to the point where uh, you know, I, I told my husband, he said, go to the doctor already, please. So I go to the doctor and she's like, yeah, I don't think this is anything because you're so healthy, but let's get a colonoscopy just to be sure. Okay. So really not expecting anything. Get the colonoscopy. Well, it's like the worst thing you could ever imagine. I mean, I'm covered with, find this huge ass tumor in my rectum, 11 centimeters. He couldn't get the scope around it. Get the PET scan. I'm, I light up like a Christmas tree, 27 places covered with cancer. And I'm just like, Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I got my thing. Like, are you serious? Like, I'm yeah. now I'm gonna Wasn't die. I like, done? I thought I was done. <laughs> the shit happens. Ometer is at the it's at 11 already. Right. I, I mean, it's off the charts. I mean, enough. So anyhow, 
that really, and, and this is what I, you know, when I get a chance to say this, it was one thing fighting stage four cancer, but fighting stage four cancer while taking care of a child who at the time my kids were, my older son was 10, my younger son was eight, my special son was eight, fighting cancer and taking care of Emmett at the same time. I look back on those days, Matt, and I don't, I don't know how we did it. I really have no idea how we did it because it was a shit show of mammoth proportions. I mean, so like, so then I'm in the support groups and everybody's like, oh yeah, I had a treatment week. So I just like took a nap or I just like checked. I'm like, there were no breaks for Stacy Hurt. Like Stacy Hurt had to keep going, keep lifting, keep toileting, keep this, that. I'm my son needs constant supervision. So yeah, there were no there were like no naps. Like I, you know, I had to keep going. And um it's rough. It was rough, but hey, wait, spoiler alert, I'm still here. So <laughs> back with our guest after the break. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So, Stacy, first thing I want to talk about here is this idea of cancer prevention. And before you lurch into how much you love or hate the term, I'll go back to what you said in the first half, which is you did, quote, everything right. You ate well. You probably recycled. Maybe you're vegan. Maybe you helped out at the food shelter or whatever. And then anyone and everyone can get colon cancer for no reason at all. In your time since as an advocate in colorectal cancer, is there any way to make more sense of that insanity today than there used to be? Or are we still in the same place of, uh, 
try not to get it when your doctor says it's just hemorrhoids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am the poster child for bad things happen to good people. And I mean, maybe the good people may be controversial to some people, but I, um, you know, I, I definitely am the, you know, I did everything right. I, you know, I, I was nice to people. I did the right thing. Um, and I still got colon cancer. So, um, I was just in a conversation in my, I'm in the advocates collaborative group and, and we, we were having a conversation about, we need to change the narrative on that whole prevention thing more to risk reduction. Amen. So, you know, I mean, yeah. So don't think like you're going to prevent it because guess what? Shit happens and it's going to happen and it's just bad luck. And I asked my oncologist to say, what did I do right to overcome cancer? And he says, good luck. You know, right. I, I, <laughs> you're, you, you know, I, I had the best of a bad situation. That's it. It's all luck. So, um, so I think that we can do these things to mitigate risk, you know, in terms of we know you shouldn't smoke, we know you should eat healthy, we, you know, we know. And and I think about, okay, so look at the other half of, you know, my life being a caregiver. And if I didn't, you know, exercise, take good care of myself, eat healthy, blah, 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 I wouldn't be in the shape that I am to take care of my son. So it kind of, all goes together. And, and honestly, I, for what I have going on in my life, I wake up and I feel pretty darn good here at 50. And I mean, I, I sometimes back in non COVID, you know, I'd go on girls weekends and I'm, I have more energy than some of my friends that have like nothing going on. I'm, Let's go. What is your problem? You know, seize the day, live life. So I'm here to say that preventing cancer and all that's kind of a myth, but living healthy, thinking healthy, embracing life, seizing the day, whatever you want to call it, it, it does pay off for you. It does. It also speaks to such a longer narrative that I think is finally getting a little more amplification in the wake of, you know, the young adult cancer conversation really spawned this national push off the heels of, I'm going to take a little history lesson off of like what Livestrong brought to bear, this idea of survivorship, you know, your metaphor of choice, of course, if you get through it, but how we can live our lives to the extent that things can suck less is as important as the doctors and the medicine that enter our lives. But to your point just now, this idea of caregiving and self-care for the caregiver is, I think a, it shouldn't be such an under-discussed conversation. The life hacks that you've had to manage for yourself Again, you have a large audience, people listen to you. What have you learned or what can you teach people currently dealing with? You can't save the world till you save yourself. You have to focus on yourself first, selfishly, to then help other people. Yeah, I mean, it's the concept of burnout, right, Matt? I mean, it is, you know, there's entire organizations and, and causes d devoted to physician burnout. Caregiver burnout is real. I'm here to tell you because I know it. And it's not like I can, I mean, again, in non-COVID times, it's not like I can pick up and, you know, take a trip to Tahiti. I mean, who's going to take care of my son? I have, I mean, I got nobody. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to recharge or I'm going to unwind. Well, I can't do any of that. So you you really have to find these these tactics and within yourself or within your home. I mean, what do I do? You know what makes me feel good? I burn a candle. 
I mean, just seeing that light and smelling whatever aroma recharges me, refreshes me, reinvigorates me, whatever you want to say. But like something small like that, walking outside and taking a deep breath of the of the crisp air, you know, right there, it's it's, you know, recharging me and reinvigorating me. So, you know, and I, I do try to find and it's not like, again, I'm not going to the gym or anything, but I try to find 20 to 30 minutes of getting my heart rate up and, you know, a little bit of exercise here and there. So you you definitely have to invest in yourself because the more you invest in yourself, as you said, the more that you can give back to your family, to whatever it is, your pets, your friends, whatever your community is. But but you have to make a point of it. And as we know, I, this is my other soapbox, COVID showed us you can be, anybody can be fine today, struck down tomorrow. You know, you could just be like I was. I mean, I was out running the day my colonoscopy. I mean, I still had all those awful symptoms, but I was still in that invincible mode. And COVID, if nothing else, showed us that being invincible is a transient thing. And uh, any one of us can be struck down and be a patient. So you better be living your best possible life now and getting your screenings and investing in yourself because tomorrow may look entirely different, literally. Amen. I want to talk about the platitude conundrum that most people face when either they have cancer or they're dealing with uh, a family member that's sick or whatnot, which is the... Oh, you poor thing, or, but you don't look sick, or how are you feeling today? And this isn't like a snarl against people who don't know better, because you know what? Good for you that you don't know pain and suffering yet, or maybe you do and you're not aware of it, and that's fine. But if you're not familiar, there's a a greeting card company called Empathy Cards. My friend Emily found that she's a cancer survivor, and it's like all the greeting cards you wished the people who said these things to you would read before they said them to you. But what's your take on that? Are we, are we, we're not blaming people for trying to be nice, but is it just human condition to feel compelled to say it that way? Well, yeah. I mean, and I used to get really bitter about it. And, and Emily's a genius with her cards. I mean, you want to talk about a real groundbreaker there, just saying how everybody feels. But yeah, I used to get like really pissed, like, how dare you say that to me? And you don't know and every, or, you know, you don't know how I'm feeling, you know, Oh, Stacy, you, Oh, you look great. And everything. Meanwhile, I'm like, you know, in my bathroom laying on the floor sick from chemo, but, but they just don't know. And we shouldn't get mad at people for not knowing people are scared of cancer. Like they don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Do you know what I mean, Matt? Like they, it's like, Oh, they have cancer. Oh my gosh. You know, they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. So a lot of times they say nothing. It's like, well, I don't want to offend Stacy and ask her about her cancer. And I'm just like, I, I got cancer at 44. Like if you didn't know me for like 43 years before that, that nothing can offend me. Right. Then I didn't, I didn't do a really good job of letting you know who I am as a person. Like you could ask me anything. And I would rather that you ask me and you learn Rather than, and that goes for my son too. I don't want to get off the cancer topic, but if you don't know, like you're not going to offend me, I would rather you ask me. My friend asked me the other day, can he go to a baseball game? And she's like, I'm sorry for that question. That was a, that was a shitty question. I'm like, 
That was a great question, you know? I mean, he has to sit in his wheelchair. He can't be in direct sunlight, all these things, these accommodations. But I'm glad that you asked because it shows that you care. So, yes, people are going to say stupid things, and that's fine. But, you know, when when we, you know, have a conversation with them and, and they you just have this feedback, like, you know, you know, thanks, thanks for telling me that I look great. That is so sweet of you, but I'm not feeling so great. And here's why, you know, and then, and then we grow together a little bit. So you have a platform, you have a voice, it's 2021. I mean, COVID notwithstanding, when you get up in front of audiences, rhetorically speaking, and you're addressing crowds or speaking at hymns or these health conferences, what is your hope that people learn by hearing you and listening to you? What do you, what would you like to see industry and your stakeholders learn and do? Well, I made the wrong assumption that if you work in healthcare, you understand healthcare and you know, you know where I'm coming from just the same in that arena. And, um, people really, they don't like they're, especially, you know, I, I do a lot of speaking and, and whatnot in health tech. And they're making these shiny new objects that are faster and better and stronger and and cool tech. But then I come back to them and say, well, that's great. Well, what's the price? How is somebody going to afford this? Um, How is somebody going to access? I mean, we have people, you got health systems forcing patients onto patient portals. And these people in underserved areas don't even have internet. Right. And I mean, what do I hope? I hope that they put themselves in the shoes of a patient, of an end user. And as we're going to see evolve what we become as a consumer, because patients aren't only going to have a voice, but we are going to have a choice. And you better believe that we are going to exercise it to find the best possible patient experience that we can. We are developing much savvier patients, much more informed consumers, Everybody's, you know, 65% of patients diagnose themselves on Dr. Google before even talking to a doctor. So, you know, you have a very empowered patient base. So I want these companies to know what they're dealing with. I want them to know that patients are very intelligent people and that we want to be a part of the process. We want to be there bench to bedside, helping you develop the best product that you can for us. So for when the word outspoken just doesn't cut it, there's Stacey Hurt, cancer survivor, advocate, activist, speaker, influencer. You can find her online at StacyHurt, H-U-R-T dot net, and on Twitter at Stacy underscore Hurt. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you, Matt, for having me. You're the best. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Brianna Seely, Jen Orange, and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seely. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.